0: Do you know that God has a plan A and a plan A? Do you know, do you know that uh, in, in a lot of the times you'll see them on the side of the buses and it keeps saying all the time, do you have a plan B? Do you have a plan B? You know, a lot of Christians got a plan B. We don't have a plan B. There's plan A and plan A and plan A and plan A. Everything works with him, for him. Amen. Right. And we don't go with a plan A and a plan B. There, which means is, there are no secondary causes. Whatever there is, including the enemy, there are agencies that work into his plan A. The devil is here, only existing because of the purpose of God. Do you know one day that God's going to destroy the devil? Did you know that? Did you know that? Well, why doesn't he do it today and save us a lot of trouble? Uh Uh-huh. Because he's in the plan. He's in the plan. You need to have a choice. We went out today and they said, well, Would you like a a cup of tea or a cup of tea? I said, I think I'll have a cup of tea. (laughs) What's that good of asking if you have a cup of tea or a cup of tea? you get no choice. Would you like a cup of tea or a cup of coffee? Oh, I might have a cup of coffee, thanks. I get a choice. We have a choice to serve him. Subjects in a kingdom have choice. We choose. You choose to come out tonight. And I'm glad because I hate preaching deceits. You made a good choice. Every day we get up and we make a choice. This is the day that the Lord has made my choice. I will rejoice and be glad. Or this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be miserable and sad. You make a choice. Every day we make choices. Amen. So you see, it's in the plan so that you and I can make a choice, praise God. Because all the time, we keep fighting the enemy and beating the enemy and we have the battle with the enemy and we end a warfare with the enemy. And, and it's a waste of energy and it's a waste of time because I need to see that he's in the plan. I need to see that God is sovereign, amen. And that the devil and God are not fighting, And that war is over because Jesus set us free. Amen. The Bible says tonight that we are more than conquerors. A conqueror is somebody who goes out and fights and brings back spoil. But a person who's more than a conqueror has somebody else that goes out and fights and brings back the spoil. We're more than conquerors. Amen. Because why? We're in a place of rest. Amen. So tonight, I want to ask you about your alternatives, your secondary causes, the negatives of your life, the ones we don't like, the ones we fight against. And we're going to talk about, now I know in podcasts and things, sometimes I tell stories and I never know exactly whether I've told them before or not told them or whatever, but it really doesn't matter because you, <laughs> you have to hear things three or four times before you know you got them anyway. That's, that's good because I've been delivered from repetition. So, <laughs> so that's a blessing. So what do you do with your negatives? And tonight we're going to just talk a little how we can live in a world like we live in, how we can live positively in this negative world. Amen. Amen. This, uh, this old lady, she was a... Dear old lady, loved Jesus. And she didn't have very much of the earthly goods at all. She didn't have very much money. She didn't have very much resources. She didn't have very much, but she loved Jesus. And she used to get around all the time praising the Lord. And she was always praising the Lord. But next door there lived an atheist. And he hated it. And he used to come in the door and rap the door and tell her to shut up. He said, you're a silly old goat. He said, there is no God. But she isn't right on praising the Lord. And this was on a lot and he used to get annoyed by her and always telling her off as soon as she came out the door. And then one day she's getting around the house, it's a hot day and she's getting around the house, windows open, hands in the air, praising the Lord. And she says, Father, she said, you know I, that you said that you'd meet all my need, that you'd meet all my needs. And I know that you will help me And I know that you will get me the things that I need and you will get me the groceries and the food that I need. Thank you. And he heard her. And the atheist heard her. He said, I'll fix that silly old goat. So down he goes to the supermarket, buys a big basket of groceries. He brings them up, puts them outside her door, presses the bell, and then jumps in behind the little hedge outside her house. She comes out to the door, opens it, and here's the groceries. Oh, she says, oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he jumps out from behind the bushes. He said, see, you silly old goat. He said, I told you there's no God. He said, it was me. I went and got you the groceries. God didn't do that. I got you the groceries. And with that, she took off past him. And down the street, and he's after her. And he gets in front of her, and he stops her. He said, you know, you are crackers, really. You are. You're just a silly old goat. You're crackers. He said, "Uh, didn't you listen to me? I got you the groceries. I went and bought the groceries. Do you know that? Oh, she says, I know what you said. Oh, yes, I know what you said. I knew That God would always get me the groceries. I just never knew he would send the devil to buy them. (laughs) Hallelujah. The devil is an agency. And so I need to be able to see that God hasn't got a plan A and a plan B. There's just the plan A. Living negatively in this world. Do you know, uh, and I know others of you here go to Africa, I've been in Africa, a lot of states in Africa, I've done a lot of work in Africa, and one of the things that I learned there is that there's a village there, and this little story uh, impressed me so much that I turn it around, that I want you, if nothing else in this meeting tonight, you will remember what this means, because I have adapted into the kind of uh, message that I want to talk about, and down in that, there's a particular village and the food is unpalatable. You just can't eat it. They can't even eat it properly. But what they do, you can actually find this on the internet, but you actually, they have a little bush and they grow this beautiful little sweet berry on the bush. So every time they go to eat their unpalatable food, they take a little sweet berry from the bush They put it in their mouth and no matter what they eat, it takes on the sweet flavor of the berry and everything is sweet. That affected me so much that I want to say this tonight, that I want to ask you, what berry do you have in your mouth in this unpalatable world? What berry do you have in your mouth in the midst of your negatives, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your issues, what berry do you take into your day? What berry do you take into your life? What berry do you take into your marriage? What berry do you take in to your lifestyle? What berry do you have in your mouth? And tonight, when you leave here, the one thing I want you to remember is, I want you to go out here and know what berry you got in your mouth. Right. I need to have a berry in my mouth. Lots of things are unpalatable. Jesus said, you know, one of the very last things that Jesus said, which is not that inspiring, I might say. But one of the very last things he said before he left, he said, in the world you'll have trouble. Was he right? (laughs) I think so. Well, he always is. In the world you'll have trouble, but in me you'll have peace. Of course there's trouble. There's unpalatable things in life. I could be running off plenty of them. I've been around for a while. Mm-mm. Don't want to give any ammunition. No. I've been around for a while. There's a lot of unpalatable things. We had a beautiful 12-year-old grandson that absolutely loved Jesus. He had an incredible heart for God. He was incredibly talented in drama, in music, It can. 12 years old, he could compose songs. He was really fantastic and brilliant. He got leukemia, and despite everything else, he even had a bone transplant, a bone marrow transplant, and it was perfect and everything, but he still died. Do you know that's unpalatable? Grandchildren should not die before their grandparents. That's unpalatable. I did the funeral. We had about 700 plus people there, including the medics and everything that Tom had so incredibly impacted. And I was doing the, the tears, is pouring down my face when I'm doing the funeral. We've got, uh, it took, uh, I went for about two hours. It was an incredible move. Now, lots of things happened at the funeral. People were coming out, you know, to me, and people were coming out and they're saying, oh, we didn't pray enough. We didn't have enough faith. Oh, and then some people, the devil took him. Do you know, you say a lot of things stupidly when you're in pain. When you're hurting, the doctors were at fault because truly the doctors took some time and apparently had the diagnosis that earlier we wouldn't have been having the trial. That's what they said anyway. However, a lot of medics were there. Tom witnessed to everybody uh, in the hospital when he was going through his treatment and he would always have to have, regardless, my wife would go down to Sydney, spend, he, she was the only other one apart from his parents that actually were allowed in the intensive care. And he would be there and he always had to have a t-shirt on, NWC, big, big letters, NWC, not without Christ, not without Christ. And now, here was the point. I got up to do this funeral and they're blaming everybody else. That is incredibly unpalatable. And I can tell you something, without the berry that I'm sharing with you tonight, I wouldn't have been able to do the funeral. I had to have a berry in my mouth. There's lots of things that we are facing in life that without a berry, we're not going to be able to make it through. We need to have a berry. Now I'm going to share share my berry with you but you've got to get your own berry. Amen. So you're going to leave tonight remembering what berry do you have? When I got up to speak, when I got up to speak, I was saying, hold on a moment. This was, had nothing to do with the lack of faith, nothing to do with didn't pray more. It wasn't the doctor's fault. It wasn't anybody's fault, and certainly the devil didn't take him. But it was the berry in my mouth that made the difference. But I said this, we, the boy needs help here. Does he want prayer, Pastor? Is he all right? He passed out, I think. Yes, I think so. Just let's wait for a moment just to make sure he's okay. Is he okay? Yep. So it's not the berry that's really the problem. Not the berry. Well, it's getting what that berry is. Not the event, not the cause, not the secondary cause, but it's what berry do we have? And so many things are truly unpalatable. Here's my berry. My berry is Romans eleven thirty six. God is in all and through all and to all. And because of him, all things exist. I'm Irish, so I'm not very smart. But I can spell all. A-L-L. Here's how this works. This is how it works. God is in all and through all and to all. And because of him, all things exist. Do you see? If you can see God exclusively, it excludes every other complaint. Every other agency, because God is in everything and He walks all things according to the counsel of His own will. Amen. God is so positive that He moves along every line and causes it to redound for His glory. Scripture is full of illustrations which we don't have about tonight. But do you see, we need negatives, we have to have negatives. It's important to have negatives. Do you know when I was one time I was home and when we were little it's not like now we you see me around with a camera a lot because when I was little we had no cameras and we did have there was one old camera, we used to have the old Kodak camera and you used to turn it around and just like this, you know. Most of you would not know what that even looked like. And you just wound it around and around to get some pictures. But you know, we didn't have many pictures. But I was home one time in Ireland, and my mum says to me, ''Hey, would you like a picture of yourself?'' Well, I didn't have any pictures of myself. I thought, ''Yes, I'd like a picture.'' So she gave me this little picture, and it was a lovely little picture. Those days, I had lovely black wavy hair, until one day I just waved goodbye. <laughs> and so, I thought that'd be really lovely but a little bit of dog ears on the side of it, a little bit yellowy. And so I said, yes, I would love to have a picture. So I went down to the girl at the photographic shop, and I said to her, I really would love to get a few prints of this, half a dozen of them, give them to my family. And I was about 12 years old at the time, and I thought that would be really nice. Blow them up to six before, so I can see myself. So the girl says to me, no problem, sir, that's fine, great. She said, could you give me your negative? I said, yeah, but I don't have a negative. But, sir, I need your negative. I said, but I don't have a negative. Lucky to have that. The one I got you. She said, but you need your negative. And so we did that for a little bit and I wasn't winning. <laughs> and then she looked at me and she said something that Irish people don't like to hear. But she says to me, she said, but, sir, I need you to know. Oh, I was getting a bit, uh, you know... Voice went up a little bit. In these modern days of technology, surely you can do this. And she said, sure, sure we can. But she said, sir, without your negative, we're never ever going to get you a proper positive. And then said something else I didn't like, and it's going to cost you a whole lot more. That's the problem. Do you see, my negative was absolutely vital to her. She needed to have it to get a proper positive. She can't bring it out with a proper positive. Do you know the problem with it is, is we always complain about our negatives. We pray against our negatives. We rebuke our negatives. We hide them and be assured of this. I'm not putting my hand up for any of them. But, we, but they come. Does life not come? Do you not experience unpalatable things? Things that's not very nice. Things that's not very easy. But do you know negatives are absolutely vital? Now, what I'd like you to do for me, brother, would you do? Is it possible to gather a half a dozen pens or pencils for me for a moment? I get a little bit of an idea. not in the chocolate box, because these people are addicted to chocolate. Here's two. Now, you just pick your pens up afterwards. Who, who's right? <laughs> I can tell you're not taking any notes. <laughs> have you got any more pens? My goodness. Hey, oh, look at this the whole Sunday school. Yeah, That's better, dear. That we have the whole Sunday school class. Well, do you think we get enough now? Boy, they, we got a lot of problems now. Look at them. Hey. No, I, we're right, son. We've got, we got so many now. That's okay. we get, we got so many now. This is what we'll do. Hey, do you see the greatest ministry does not come from your positives? The greatest ministry comes out of your negatives. The sweetest ministry. Do you know I was working for some while over in California with a, 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 a millionaire guy who Owns vineyards. And you know he was saying this. They have hectares and hectares of vineyards. And he's saying this. He says, In the valley, in the valley, there's all these grapes, and they're irrigated, and they're absolutely beautiful, and they have big, big grapes, big juicy grapes. But then along the side of the hill are also all these other grapes. And they're only tiny little gripes. And they call them pressed gripes or stressed gripes. Do you know they have only so much water given to them? They go through some of the temperatures that the ones in the valley haven't suffered. They go through some of the torrid patterns. But do you know that for the gripes that's growing on the side of the hill that's called the press grapes, or the stress gripes, do you know that those, those gripes and the gripes in the valley, the value of them are incredibly different? The ones in the valley that's big and juicy and flowing in the thing, do you know that the cost is about $30 a bottle? The ones on the side of the hill starts at $300 a bottle. The sweetest people have some of the people that suffered the most. The sweetest people are the people that's gone through life and have gone through a lot of negatives. And in the negatives, they've found Jesus. In the negatives, they have reached out and found him. The greatest healing comes out of our greatest despair. The greatest healing, the greatest ministry comes out of our negatives. We, would do, we don't want that to be the case. We don't want that to happen. But the greatest healing comes from our negatives. Amen. Do you see? We have to see God, what God's doing, and the process that he's doing. You know, you take, you take uh, Romans eight twenty eight. 28. You know, it's like God's Band-Aid scripture. Ah, oh, well, all things work together for good. Well, brother, you know, all things work together for good. And you just stick it on anything. But the heart doesn't believe it at all. Your berry is your belief system. What do you believe? We mentioned this this morning, and it's very, very important. If your problem is greater than your belief system, you've got a crisis. If your problem is equal to your belief system, you will struggle. But if your belief system is greater than your problem... You enter into rest. Do you see there's an incredible importance to understand what you believe? What do you believe? What do I believe? What a man or woman believes rules them. We do not rule our believing. Our believing rules us. And Romans 8, 28, that we so often go on and talk about and say, and quote, and it's really an offhanded scripture, but the Bible says, all things... All things. You know, life's just full of thingies. Every day there's thingies, all kinds of thingies. There's this thing and that thing and another thing. That's why the scripture doesn't define them because they're just things. <laughs> oh, like, hey, hey, I want you to mentally go with me right now, and I want you to think about things. Oh my. Things Oh, Somebody sent me a hundred bucks. Oh. God's so good. Hallelujah. so wonderful. It's a nice thing. So if you feel God moving you tonight, it's fine. And then tomorrow morning, the washing machine broke down. Another thing. Oh, another thing. And I can't believe it because now Murphy's Law has come. And now the microwave's gone. Now the fridge is broken down. Oh, have you ever noticed how things can go in threes? Huh? And now things are horrible. I stand against you, Satan. I rebuke you. You see, we go into the nonsense stuff. But you see, life's just full of things. Oh my goodness, I got this verse of scripture this morning. Oh no, what an incredible blessing that was. God inspired me and encouraged me and blessed me. I know I had a real victory today and God touched me today. And I could not believe it. I got up this morning and I went off to the office and I just could not believe what they did to me and said to me and rejected me and spoke against me and caused me problems. And I tell you, I got so mad, I just stuffed it up. I mean, I was right down the line in Christian swearing. I was at the very end. (laughs) And now, another thing. It's just another thing. Every day your life and my life is just full of Things, just all sorts of things. Man, I can't believe it. And then, oh my goodness, I came to church and God touched me and I felt the presence and it was so wonderful. And I just can't believe then that Monday came and I just completely stuffed it up. And I really made a mess of things. Because that thing, what a thing. And you know what? I just had a lot of things. Every day there's things. But you see, that's the great thing about God. He's all-encompassing because God takes, I want you to look at your life. I want you to think with me tonight. I want you to see it for your day whenever you're thinking about it. And I want you to see this. God takes everything. He doesn't drop one out and say, that's the devil, don't do anything with that. You stuffed up and that's a bad deal. No, no. He takes every single thing of every single event, of every success and every failure, and he takes every single thing of your life and he pulls them all together and causes them all to work together for good. Do you see? But you and I, what do we do? We separate them. We separate it from the good and the bad, as though we're supposed to know what that looks like. And we were never supposed to know what that looked like because God never intended that I would know what was good and bad. But suddenly I am all wise about what's good and bad. But what God does, he takes them all. You'll have to come and all get your pens at the end. But he just... I want you to see God just taking whatever's going on and whatever it is. And I want you to just see God weaving it into his plan. God weaving it into his purpose. God weaving it. Isn't that, do you like that? Do you see, that's why I started thinking about the pens. I need to get the pens. Where's that clock? Yes, I need to be getting hurrying on. Okay. Do you see, people say, oh, but brother, life's how you make it. Life's how you make it. Oh, no, it's not. If life was how I made it, the first thing I'll change is the airline industry. You see my bug today? There's lots of things I change if life. you know what? No, that's not true at all. When I get up in the morning, life's already going. It wasn't waiting for me. Life is never how you make it. Life's how you take it. Life comes to us. And when it comes to us, it's the way that we take it. And we either react or that we respond to whatever it is that's going on. And if we react, and I watch people react, just like, to the death of the son, not because I'm stronger, not because I'm better, because my grandson. No, no, I was broken, shattered, and tearing. But I'll tell you what, it was my berry. That I could talk, that God was in everything. And boy, I could tell I would love it. We, we don't have time. But I'd love to tell you so many spin-offs from that funeral. Some of them it's absolutely a miracle. But And I loved all the spin-off miracles. I would just like the one where he came out of the coffin. But there are so many other miracles. But do you see, in understanding life, we we don't really have a call on those things. However much we think we're great faith-filled people, God is supreme. Whatever God could prevent in his power, he permits in his wisdom. It's very easy to bow at the shrine of his power, but it's not so easy to bow at the shrine of his wisdom. Life is how I make it. I've seen people react to life and the horrible things in life. And I'll tell you, when you react to life, the roots of your life, they turn up into the sun and they dry up and they wither up and we become bitter and hard and angry and critical and blame God and blame everybody else. But let me tell you something tonight. It's the same sun that melts the ice that hardens the clay. It's the same boiling water that hardens an egg that softens a potato. It's whether I react or respond and when I respond the roots of my life go down into the river of the grace of God and I become a tree planted by the riverside and I bear out the leaves for the weary and for the people in the pilgrimage and they can take fruit from my life. Tonight, when you've gone through a lot of things, you become a far greater fruit bearer. And God takes it and uses it in a most powerful way. No, life is how you take it. Life comes to us. Amen. It's so easy to blame somebody else. It always is. But it isn't anybody else's fault. Maybe I should... uh... Hey, I'll tell you a story and then I better get out of here. This is not a very nice story about me. Do you like stories? Mm, This is not a a very good story about me, but I'll tell you something. It just goes to show you why I learn these things. Because it's just like when I went to take my picture into that girl to get another picture. When I walked out of that photographic shop, I walked out of that photographic shop with revelation. That girl gave me revelation. She changed the way I could see life. That I need to have my negatives, not complain them, not rebuke them, but to embrace them because I need them. Amen. You see, we get revelation. I was in California and my wife and I, we had, oh, oh, this, is, this was the part very, very nice. We, I was working and I was going down to doing more ministry in San Diego and And my wife and I were having three days in Anaheim at Disneyland, staying in the Grand Hotel for a dollar a night. That's nice. Three nights. And then five nights in Hawaii for a dollar a night. That's the deal that you'd be jealous about. Now, it was great. We had freed. It was wet, it was cold, really cold, it was really winter, it was cold, but we still enjoyed ourselves. We went out there, did all the rides, all the stuff and everything else. And so we did everything else and it was so good. And I don't know if any of you have been in there, uh, but obviously for a dollar a night we didn't have the best view. Uh, you could just see the car park. But there's a restaurant that runs right up, it's the Grand Hotel and there's a restaurant that runs all the way up and the 24 hours. And we would go in there all the time for a coffee or, or a chocolate or whatever, tea, or something to eat. We'd go in there. That's what we just ate. And so we would always have, you can always, you know, if you get there for a dollar a night, it's easy to have a meal every day. And so we're, it's going well. And we met up a, a lady in there who was a little Jewish lady, Dorothea, and she was one of the waitresses. And she happened to get accustomed to us and to know us and so on. So anyhow... It came the last night. We were having such a ball. And it came the last night, and a young fellow was supposed to come pick us up. We had to be out of the hotel at 6 o'clock in the evening deadline because from then it sprung up, and the price was beyond me to be able to pay. So I thought, that's it. We've got to get out. And this young guy was going to pick me up because I was going down to preach in San Diego. And so he was going to pick me up to take me down there. So 6 o'clock came on the night that we were to leave. So we packed all our gear and everything, came into the foyer and sat down. Wet, cold night. And we're sitting there and we're waiting. Kath hates the cold. And we're sitting there. And as we're sitting there, you know, every leaf that went past those automatic doors just kept opening. And the wind coming in and the cold coming in. We're sitting in the foyer. And then seven o'clock came and he hadn't come. Eight o'clock came and he hadn't come. I'm okay so far. But I know we're starting. Nine o'clock came and he hadn't come. So every hour on the hour, we would go in and have something he had to drink because it was cold. So we'd have a coffee and we'd have something every hour. Ten o'clock came and he hadn't come. I'm not doing so good by ten and a whole lot worse by eleven. So now I got up and I'm walking. I don't believe it. I cannot believe it. How inconsiderate can people be? Don't they know that we're waiting here? Don't they know it's wet? Don't they know it's cold? What's wrong with the people? What's the young fella up to? Cass sitting over, you know, watching this man of God, arms folded. I saw the expression on her face and I said, Oh honey, I'm just thinking of you. Which really was not true. I'm really thinking of you. Because I could see that she was about to lecture me. Eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. Still not there. So finally, quarter twelve, quarter midnight, we go back into the cafe. I am mad because when those doors flew open, my berry fell out in my mouth and ran out the door. (laughs) I lost me berry. And I go down, and I'm mad now. And I go and sit down, I'm going off, you know, about the thing, and I can't believe it, and what are we going to do, and how are we going to get out, and we can't get back in the room, and how are we going to do this? So I'm sitting there. And Dorothea, this little Jewish lady, comes. And she brings her, she brings her little book out to take my order. So she pulls the pen and the book out and standing at the end of the little booth. She says, Well, what do you want? And I looked at her. And I said, You mean after all this time, you need a book and a pen to write down a coffee? Surely you can remember coffee? I know. This is this is your man of God speaking. Surely you can remember coffee Just trying to tap me But I'm not tappable <laughs> And I'm not doing well And then she looks at me And she says By the way she says What do you do? <laughs> I thought no you don't I told her anything and everything But she just stood there. I want to know what you do. Finally, yes, I'm finished nearly in a minute. And finally, I said, I'm a preacher. And she threw back her head and she laughed and laughed and laughed. She says, you're nothing like a preacher. So here's me. I said, oh, really? Does that look better? Do I look nicer now as a preacher? And she went and left. She came back. She hadn't gone far. She came back and said, okay. She says, if you are a preacher, give me a word from God. I'll give you a word, but it won't be from God. (laughs) And she left me. And when she left me, you could not believe it. The Holy Spirit hit me. Uh-huh. And I suddenly got inspired. And I said to Kathy, you know the napkins over there, big napkins. I said, have you got a pen, love? And she said, yeah. And something, I knew it was a song from many, many years ago. I'd never even remembered the words of it. And I started writing like mad. And then God gave me a verse of scripture and I wrote that down. And She came. And she's standing there when she came back. And I said, Dorothea, because my hair's growing back now. I can take the gates of the city. God's come back now. And the berries back in my mouth. And I says, Dorothy, I got a word from God for you. She said, yeah. I said, here's the word from God. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. He didn't teach me to swim to let me drown. He didn't build his home in me to move away. He didn't lift me up to let me down. And I had a verse of scripture. I gave it to her. She took it. She stood there. He didn't bring me this far to leave me. He didn't teach me to swim to let me drown. He didn't. And that was it. She just came apart. Crying and crying and crying. She went into her little, behind her little apron, pulled out a little piece of paper And she handed it to me, and it was exactly the same script written on it that I had written on her napkin. And she told me an incredibly heartbreaking story that she said, I started at 12 o'clock. Remember a little Jewish lady? She said, I started at 12 o'clock today noon, and I finished my shift at 12 tonight. And she said, before I left today, after the heartbreaking thing she told me that was going on in her life and she said and I got down and I said if there's a God in Israel if you don't meet me before midnight tonight when I finish my shift that's it I'm checking out and it was now five minutes to midnight you know God is never light but he's missed a lot of glorious opportunities of coming early (laughs) fine fine I guess that God came to the Jews first and the Gentiles later because I'm waiting still and I'm still there. And I, and, but now, <laughs> now I'm powered and I jumped up and Kath jumped up and we get our hands around right in the middle of this cafe and people are still in there and, every, and we're up there and we're praying and crying and everything. I'm so spiritual you couldn't believe it. My battery's back in its place. And I'm seeing God. and oh, hallelujah. And I saw the manageress coming down. And I said, Daphia, the manageress is coming. Come on. Let's kill the party. And she says, I don't care who's coming because the God of Israel has come. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen to this. The manageress comes and puts her arm around all of us and she says... This is exactly her words. I'm not a Christian, but I know God's doing something here. Isn't that something else? Do you, it is. I I was just an agency for that Jewish woman, blocking me from going to San Diego. The young fellow had completely forgotten and went around the other way by Palm Springs. He never even came. I was just an agency for this woman. God is in all, and through all, and to all. You see, how could you ever not think that was stupid, terrible, horrible, but in actual fact, it was orchestrated by God to meet a little Jewish lady. He heard her. I must finish, I know quickly, but do you know something? One of the most important things, I realized two or three things. Number one, my carnality. My flesh rising up did not disqualify me from the purpose that he had for that little woman. It didn't disqualify me from his presence. It didn't disqualify me from waiting to find his purposes. It didn't change anything. And secondly, God heard that little woman at noon. He hears our pain. He hears our heartache. He hears our distress. He knows our cry. And he comes to meet our need. Nothing you can do to disqualify him from your presence. And nothing, as we, and we mentioned that this morning, and he hears everything of our heartaches, our failures. He knows your pain tonight. He hasn't brought you this far to leave you. He didn't teach you to swim to let you drown. He didn't build his home in you to move away. He didn't lift you up to let you down. Now somebody's going to ask me after the meeting, so what happened to your lift? So some of you thinkers will be already down that road. Well, we'll talk about that another time if I ever get invited back. (laughs) So save yourself the bother of asking me after the meeting did I get my lift or what happened to me. But a miracle did happen. However, from there, may I finish one more time and sit down and shut up? But I'll tell you something. I just want to leave it with you tonight. The berry in our mouth is so vital that there's no plan A and plan B. There are no secondary causes. God is in all and through all and to all and because of him all things exist. Make sure You have got a berry in your mouth because he's working all things according to the counsel of his own will. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He didn't teach you to swim to let you drown. He didn't build his home in you to move away. He didn't lift you up to let you down. God bless you and thank you, Pastor.